So we are podcasting from California, Ohio, and Florida, and this is the Mindset Effect Podcast. So get ready, guys, because we are about to hear some words of wisdom from today's guest, Mr. Eddie Panero, who is also known as Your World Within on YouTube, uh, where he shares his insights and experiences in the form of weekly inspirational videos. And his videos on uh, social media have garnered over tens of millions of views uh, worldwide. And he's also a keynote speaker, speechwriter, and social media consultant to clients around the world. So welcome to the podcast, Eddie. Hey, thanks for having me. This is awesome to be here. Yeah. So first of all, I just want to say, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan. Um, Same. Of channel. Uh, I remember <laughs> in college, uh, I'm a rising sophomore. Um, so like for, uh, for like two months straight in college, I swear I'd wake up to um, the audio of one of your videos. Um, I think it was betting on yourself and not the odds, which is 100% true because you can't change. Oh, cool. You can't change your situational factors, but you can change yourself. Um, yeah, so there's that. And um, I also just love, you know, like how you differentiate yourself from a lot of the other motivational YouTubers on YouTube. Like, because I remember the first video, like, you know, I saw yours. Like, it was like a compilation. And like, I sort of like the background music, the, the prose, and, um, and the way you spoke the words, like, it just really resonated with me. Um, so there's that, you know. Well, thanks. Yeah, so like, I tell you what, it's really, it's really cool. To, oh, I didn't mean to cut you off. I was just gonna say, it's so cool, like, because you create these things and you sort of send them off into the universe. And uh, when you hear real life stories, like, dude, I, I listened to that, you know, before I started my day, whatever. It's just cool. It's home, yeah. you know. But anyway, all you. Yeah, yeah. So tell us about your, um, tell us about Eddie Panero before he became your world within. Yeah, I would say. Um, I mean, if there is a typical, you know childhood i would say it was that you know sports um i love music i um you know got decent grades in school to go to a decent college to get a good job and sort of climb the corporate ladder and i i guess that the differentiator is i never really took a lot of time like i didn't realize there was the flexibility in life to like look at yourself in the mirror and ask you what you want you know i kind of always just did what i thought was the next best thing and it led me to a reality that wasn't uh where I wanted to be. And so that's kind of, uh, you know, when I started doing this and creating this and putting this stuff out there, it's like, wait, 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 you can get a lot more out of life if you're methodical about it and you mm -hmm. sort of redefine things. So that was kind of the bridge. Gotcha. So how, wait, so how did you, like, how did you become your, your world within? Like, how did you build up that brand? Um, basically, so I was in uh, this, this, I guess it's called a future leaders program and it's basically a rotational thing for college students. And I've been there for about four years and it was just unhappy every day. You know, I was going to work and I'm like, man, it shouldn't be like that. You know, where you wake up and you're just disappointed. <laughs> um, and so ultimately I was building a studio. I was really into music and just kind of being creative. I like producing songwriting, um, creative writing, doing all this stuff. So I, I saved up a little bit of money and eventually quit my job and I started like doing singer songwriter stuff around Boston for I don't know a year year and a half and while I was doing that I was simultaneously kind of writing about the challenges and uploading that to YouTube and that seemed to blow up and really resonate with people and so my thought was okay well how can I take everything put it into this and make it the culmination of all those things I love and build a business around that. And that's kind of where I, I pivoted and, and started building your world within. It's funny. I want to take it back to like where we began um, with like, you know, 
all of your stuff is really awesome. And uh, like same as Kevin, like I started listening and definitely one of the major reasons that I got into the whole like entrepreneurial realm and like started really changing my life, you know, like I, before I didn't even know like entrepreneurship was something you could do or like any kind of, that you could like step outside the lines, you know, it's always just been like, you never realize that like there are all these things that you can do. And then like, as you mentioned, like you never realize like, the change that you can make on people. Um, and yeah. so like, did you ever expect to get to like the level that you got to and like to have the impact that you've had? Um, no, I, it, I never did. I really never did. It was just a series of a lot of really small steps and kind of, and missteps, you know, like doing things that um, I thought it happens all the time. It's kind of like a recurring thing where I'm like, you know, okay, maybe this is the right thing. And I go there and slap on the wrist. Nope, it's not. This isn't what drives me, you know, stay in my lane. But it's been, uh, it's just being authentic and telling my story. And over, you know, however many years now, it just kind of snowballs. You know, it's funny. A lot of people ask, what was the video that really pushed you over the edge? And, and statistically, there really wasn't one, you know, it was just mm -hmm. kind of not stopping. And sometimes you think your creation is going to change the world and you put it out. No one cares. Sometimes it's the opposite, but you just got to keep going. And that's kind of the philosophy I live by. Yeah, definitely. Like there's a lot of uh, YouTube channels. Um, there's usually that one video, like you say, explodes in popularity. Uh, like your channel has, you know, countless videos, like millions of views, hundreds of, th hundreds of thousands of views and like still growing. Right. And there's a saying oh, yeah. that, you know, success is the progressive realization of a worthy ideal. Um, I think that applies here because the factors that cre create success in the long term aren't apparent in the short term. Like, so has momentum uh, really affected your life and your channel in general? Um, momentum's important because, you know, like there's a few things I do, right? I, I live by the philosophy that you're not always going to get validation. So you sort of, you have to believe in yourself and quote unquote, hear the music before it's played. Um, you know, and, and trust that even though you're not getting the views you want or whatever is happening right now, it will. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing is kind of creating your own momentum. Like how do you, it's important for me at night to go to bed and feel like a winner. Like I, I, and that means that throughout the day I create goals and I check them off. And that means those goals are, are realistic. That means I can, uh, you know, tangibly conquer them and wake up and know that I identify as someone that sets goals and hits those targets. And for me, that's been, you know, I, I always quote Ryan holiday confidence is earned. Um, you learn to trust yourself. And I do, I feel like there's nothing I really can't do because when I set goals, I follow through. And that's kind of what I, I teach and what I try and get other people to understand is you just have to set, put yourself in a position to succeed. Mm -hmm. I agree with that. Do you, so would you say that it's like the impact that you've created and like you're continuously creating that motivates you? Or would you say that there's like something else that really keeps you driven? I like, I love waking up and it's just, you get what you put in. You know, like, I love that the upside is always so big, you know, we're actually um, in one of my podcasts, we're looking at uh, Brene Brown's book. And what one is it? Dare to lead. And she talks about, you know, your values, what it is you value and gives you a long list. And I watered it down to creativity and legacy. Because I feel like those are the things that really drive me like I want to leave a mark. I want to leave this place better than I found it. And I also want to do it in a creative way. I want to think outside the box and, and try some things and, you know, kind of pave out my own path. Um, that's important to me. So to answer your question, I would say those two things are, are my, my drivers. 
Okay. Yeah. So doing like what we do as entrepreneurs and like putting ourselves out there, like it's not mm-hmm. easy. Um, so like what helps you see the bigger picture during the good and bad times? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, it's like it, you, you don't look at the L's that you take as an exception to the norm or like even something like, oh man, I got to get around this. And th- no, you, you, you look at it as the norm, right? Uh, life is ups and downs. And when you learn to expect the downs, and incorporate them into your life and into your management system, it's a lot easier to navigate as opposed to like the, you know what I mean? Like the woe is me type thing. How could this be happening? It's like, nope. You know, you got dirt kicked in your face today. That's, if you want to be an entrepreneur, that's what happens. If you don't, fine. You know, you can go take a desk job. You can go, you know, you can go sit in a room. No one will ever criticize you. But if you want big things, that's kind of, that's, that's a, a cost. Yeah, definitely. What are your, so I have a question. What are your thoughts on this? So I was talking to my dad about this yesterday, actually. Um, obviously, like I tend to try to not judge other people on like whatever actions they take and stuff. But, um, but from what I've seen, it's funny because like, you know, everything you do has an impact on other people. And so like in some ways, like logically thinking about it, it's almost more selfish to never try to strive for anything because you're not making anyone else's life better. Like what are your thoughts on that? So in terms of like adding value to the world, yeah, um, I think, I think you owe it to yourself and it does make the world a better place, you know, um, being the best you can be. It's just, it's interesting, man. It's been a learning process for me because some people have such different drivers, mm-hmm. you know, like I have a, a good friend of mine that he's got a decent job and he's got a family and he lives in the suburbs and the guy couldn't be happier. And it's just like, that's, that's incredible. You know, you can't, it's just different strokes for different folks. Whereas I can't even sustain a relationship because I'm like, I got to be doing more. I got to be doing more. <laughs> yeah. So it's just different, different strokes for different folks. And, and I kind of learned to, to understand that from person to person and accept it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It seems like different motivators for each person. So like what motivates you in general? Um, the upside, the upside. I want to, uh, you know, build something that matters and, and help people. And I, I love the, I love the personal challenge kind of like two things at once you know I, I love the personal challenge and getting around obstacles and building something that's not easy to build and I love being able to help you know so like when you mentioned uh, I listen to <clears throat> that video every morning when I get up I mean that's that's means the world to me that's just amazing that you know some of the lessons that I've lived through in life put on YouTube can help someone else go through something similar um, so yeah. it's kind of those two things panda so would you say um, that there is a good and bad motivation? So, you know, there are like some people who they just, they want to get rich because they want to impress the girls. They, you know, they have like yeah. uh, these sets of values. Like, do you think that there's such a thing as like a bad motivation or is it just like, you know, if you're driven, then like you're driven. That's hard for me to say, you know, because different things drive different people. Um, I can say if you don't, it goes back to like the, the classic Simon Sinek thing. What's your why? If you're doing something strictly for money, it's hard because when things get tough, you don't have that purpose and that emotional investment, Mm. um, that, that drive to figure it out. You think if money's the objective, you think, okay, well, it's not working here. I'll pivot and I'll find some other way to make money. I mean, there's a million ways to make money, you know? So it it really comes back to your values and and what's important to you. Okay. Yeah. Um, so like talking about, um, you know, hardships and challenges, like you are an athlete, uh, you were an athlete, and so, like, have you ever had a serious injury um, in your career? And, like, how has it propelled you to where you are today? 
Um, I've had injuries like off and on in college. The, the most injuries I'm dealing with now are, are most injuries I'm dealing with are now. Um, and it's knees and ankles and lower body stuff from running. I run a, a lot and it comes down to, I, I feel like I've put a finger on this, you know, not taking the amount of time I should foam rolling and stretching. Like, I think it's all, um, manageable and I'm working mm -hmm. on that, but yeah, this is the first time it's been like, I feel like everything's kind of bottled up. And, uh, you know, the knees are starting to hurt and stuff like that, but you know, you, it's manageable. Do you think, so what are your thoughts about, like, we've talked about an action mindset uh, or an action first mindset before. Like, what are your thoughts on that? Like, do you think that it's good to take like a lot of time to really prepare for something or to just like jump into it? Cause you know, like, I think the school system honestly kind of builds us up to prepare for things. But by the time yeah. we actually get to take that action, it's just like, you know, it's been years and we've forgotten all of those things that mm -hmm. we've learned. Like, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, I think both. I think both. You know, I, one of uh, my business partners, the reason we work so well is because I love big picture and I love to be methodical and, and I, I really want to understand why we're doing something. Now, the downside to that is sometimes I don't move as fast as I could. Hmm. And where he on the other side, he's like, let's go, let's throw it against the wall. Let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. We'll fix it. We'll adjust. And the reality is, you know, there's somewhere in the middle is the sweet spot. You Definitely. know, you have to take action or nothing happens, but you have to know where you're going. Otherwise you'll never hit a target. Um, it's kind of a parallel to that, but I, I love this message of the Stockdale paradox where, um, you know, he talks about, he, he, Admiral Stockdale was a prisoner of war and, you know, there were people at camp and, you know, everyone wanted to get out, obviously. Right. And the ones that died, he said, were overly optimistic because, um, you know, you, you can't just look at the big picture. You have to have your feet on the ground. You have to be really pragmatic about the reality. And so since I've read that, I'm like, that really reinforces the idea. Like you have to be looking at the top of the mountain. You have to have the big picture in mind, but you have yeah. to be really aware to the little steps you're taking that, that gets you there. I feel like that's a beautiful way to kind of sum that up, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So you have this quote, um, it goes, the danger is the risk. Um, the danger isn't the risk, but the danger is in staying right where you are and watching life mm -hmm. go by. I think, mm -hmm. I think it's a great quote. So like, so I, I personally believe that your everyday choices, um, should be looked at through the, the lenses of time, um, because you won't be able to see the results immediately in talking about life. Um, one of my all time favorite quotes is uh, from a book called the slight edge and it goes, life is a curved construction time is mm -hmm. builder and choice its master architect. And if you make the right small choices every day, compounded over time, like your life's journey will start curving upward in a positive trajectory. And mm -hmm. like you say, if you don't do anything and just watch life go by, like you'll end up treading in a downward path. So like, how did you, like, what was the inspira inspiration behind this quote? I think it was just the idea of regret. You know, there was so much that I wanted to do that I was just kind of scared to do because it's not that we were taught not to do it, but it's that no one ever said, Hey, this is acceptable. Go for it. You know, mm -hmm. uh, an another quote for you. And one of my favorites, not all who wander are lost. I point to that year, year and a half in Boston, having no idea what I was going to do. Sometimes feeling like a loser walking into a bar with my friends. One of them's, uh, you know, works for Goldman. One of them works for a Senator and I'm this dude with an idea for a YouTube channel. It sucks. You know, it just, you don't feel good about it. Um, but I, without that, there's nothing after that, you know? And so, um, the ability to kind of put yourself in that position, be okay with being uncomfortable and, and build little by little. 
So would yeah. you say that like your environment and those people that you surround yourself with and the culture you surround yourself with, like, obviously that's pretty important. Like, how did you go about finding the right people to surround yourself with and like the supportiveness that you would really need to foster whatever you would like to do? Yeah. Well, what I thought, I don't know if this plays into the fact that I'm just naturally introverted in a lot of ways. Um, but what I found myself doing is, is really shortening my circle. You know, there's, four people that maybe I talk outside my immediate family that I'd talk to on a day-to-day basis. Um, you know, a lot of old friends, a lot of people from college. Um, it just, it's not in my, my interest to maintain those, those relationships. And I don't think it's in theirs as well. You know, mm-hmm. um, it just, I want, I'm so directed with what I'm doing that I want everyone who's on the journey with me to be all for it, to be supportive, to be excited And that energy is reciprocal you know, so I, I put a lot of time and thought into that. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, I think seeing change and new experiences, um, not as negative stressors, uh, but as opportunities, like you have to be able to see that as like an entrepreneur, um, as you go through the hard times and mm. yeah. thoughts, Andrew. Yeah, I agree. Um, so I have another thought. It's like, why do you think, so it's really easy. And so this might be the answer to the question actually. Um, but like, you know, a lot of people, they'll come home if maybe from their nine to five or something from maybe a job they hate. Um, you know, they want to do something else. They want to change their life for the better, um, but they don't. And it's like, why do you think that is? Do you think it's because it's easy? Do you think it's because they just don't want to change? What are your thoughts on that? Um, I think the, uh, the devil, you know, is scarier than the one you don't. You know, I, I pull back to biology and, and predictability is safety. You know, that's how tens and hundreds of thousands of years of evolution we've been wired. Um, so, you know, basic needs are met. We're safe and we're predictable. We know when we go to bed where we'll be more or less. And to break that is, is hard. Um, and so that's why there's sort of, you know, I talk about it all the time. You have people like Mel Robbins talking about five second rule, Tony Robbins talking about massive action. It's just like um, same concept, but it's like we just because we're inclined to be a certain way. doesn't mean it's the right way. Uh, yeah. You know, it, the, the, we're not going to get eaten by a lion if we go outside. We can stray from what goes on and, and sort of uh, move towards what we want. So I think it's a mental shift, realizing yeah. that you're not going to die. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so I have a question. So uh, like, sure. what was the aha moment in your life? And like, by that, I mean, like a significant event that change your life for the better and like for me it was the realization that if i kept saying mediocre and playing games and seeking pleasure um <laughs> like my my life would be heading in a downward trajectory downwards trajectory as i got older and so like it was it was the the realization that i have to sever the comforts you know and seek the hard mm. and you know like then i got to coding and that made me feel a sense of pleasure but not from shallow work but from deep work so like what was that moment in your life um, the exact moment that would be tough to define. I mean, I think conceptually it's, um, you know, realizing that I won't let myself fail, you know, it's mm-hmm. like, Eddie, put your back against the wall, you know, see what happens. And because we get scared, you know, we think worst case scenario, we think particularly leaving a job, you know, um, you guys just mentioned that as an example, like, well, I'll be homeless. I'll have nothing. I'll, you know, I'll, whatever you think the worst when in reality, mm-hmm. you'll be okay. Like I, I, the, the, the worst case is nothing compared to the best case. And I've yet to been in a situation where even when I do fall on my face or I do take an L or things don't work, 
um, I trust myself to pick, pick up the pieces and kind of go back at it a different angle. Yeah. Um, it's, it's self-belief that's created over time and, yeah. and that's important. That's something yeah. that's built. Yeah. Definitely the so, optimism. So yeah, you can talk. Yeah. So like theoretical scenario, let's say, what if you did like, you know, you're going all out with what you want right now. Let's say theoretically, like it fails, like worst case scenario, like you lose everything, like home, like you're homeless, like everything. Like what, mm-hmm. what would you do yourself to like try to recover from that? Um, I think I would continue to share my message, maybe in a different way, you know, um, have to find other ways to provide value to support myself. If it's taking a day job and doing what I love at night. You know, that's fine. Uh, in, in God, what book was it? Jonathan Haidt talks about maybe the happiness hypothesis. If you take the wealth away from the top 5% of the world and they had nothing in, if you probably know where I'm going with this, yeah. in 50 to it'd still, years, it'd still be it right really back. rich. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's, it's, it's a mentality and it's sort of a way of, of, uh, of looking at the world. And so I believe this is my purpose and it energizes me and it excites me. If I was, you know, the rug got pulled out from under me, I'd still have, you know, the, the same brain between my ears that created it the first time. So I yeah. just kind of come back at it. Yeah. I think failure is actually a good thing too, because you get teared down, but you come, you come back up much stronger than the last time. So there's that. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's a good teacher. Yeah. So what are like some of the best books you've read? Ooh, the best books I've read. Well, I think, let me think fundamentally. I love essentialism because it talks about cutting away. And, and that was big for me as a young entrepreneur, because the idea for me is like, okay, you know, I want, I want to conquer the world. What can I add? What can I increase? What can I bring to my life? And, uh, I think it's Greg McCune is his name. He goes, no, what can you get rid of? How, what can you simplify? Uh, because that clarity will be more important than anything you can ever add. That was an important one. Atomic habits was important. Um, just realizing that it's the little things you do day to day that sort of create the big, you know, the masterpiece. Essentialism by Tim Grover is unreal with related to mindset. I don't know if you guys have heard that, but he's Jordan's trainer, Kobe's trainer, and just takes you through the way they look at the world and their mindset. Um, I could probably go on for hours, but yeah, yeah I mean, those three are definitely a good start. Yeah, have, you you ever, f- yeah, have you ever read The Slight Edge? I haven't, no. It's a good book. You probably want to check it out because it sounds yeah. like the type of book you'd probably be interested in. Yeah. Really cool. Uh, yeah. Um, so like, what do you think helped foster this mindset for you? Like, do you think it was those books you read or did you have like a person or a mentor in your life? Um, I think I just love to dissect experiences and ask why, you know, like, cause my mm-hmm. biggest epiphanies don't come like the books are a great tool for me in terms of articulating it. And like, Oh, maybe I can, you know, this helps me tell the story. But like, I think of things when I'm running or walking or alone. And that's why that time is so precious to me, but it's really just taking the lessons that I've learned, filtering them down and, and telling them in a way that other people go, yeah, you know what? That's not too different from my life. Um, sapiens is a great book um where god who harari does sapiens um where he talks about stories being like our brains being wired for stories and everything we see everything in our life anything that that crosses our mind is in some variation story a narrative that we've created and so if you can find a way one to understand the stories you're telling break them down and two, build them up into stories that will help other people um 
that's i mean there's nothing more powerful than that you know mm-hmm. would you say your life is one big story that you're building i yeah that's a good way to put it mm-hmm. you know writing a book it's all it's you know with a bunch of little stories um mm-hmm. along the way what do you think so you know there are a lot of people nowadays where they are, they have these stories that you're mentioning like you know to um, regardless of like political side, but like, they're like, Oh, I can't do this because of the president. I can't do this because of, you know, I'm not wealthy or I can't do this because I'm not educated when like, there are so many resources out there to like go out and get this. Like, what do you think forces them to be in that spot? And like, why do you, uh, like, how, how would you suggest them trying to take those next steps to get out of that? Yeah. I mean, it's always easier to point out than point in. You know, it's always easier to project. It's hard to look in the mirror and say, you know, this could be because of me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that, that's a great philosophy to assume everything is your fault, even if it's outrageous to say so. You know what I mean? Because what that does, it puts the keys in your hands and it says, you know, you can be the one to fix it. And mm-hmm. to your point, like, uh, I, I couldn't tell you exactly when this evolution occurred, but I I don't think it's crazy to say that we support victimhood now. It's like we want to reward the victim and not empower them. Mm-hmm. And that's just antithetical to success because you need to take accountability and responsibility um, before you can do anything. Now, that's not to say we all start from the same place. That's just not true. But regardless of where you start, you're not going to go anywhere if it's always someone else's uh, fault, right? So, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so it's the actor observer bias. So you like we gotta we gotta pin the blame on ourselves, not on situational factors. Right, right. It's a, it's at least a starting point. You know, yeah. no one's gonna no one's gonna come along and say, "Hey, I can show you the way to get everything you need." Follow me. It doesn't work that way. That's what's really funny is Gary Vee always talks about. He's like, dude, like if I walked out one day and like got hit by a bus, I'd be like, gosh, John, I shouldn't left the house so early. Like, he's like, no matter <laughs> right. what, it, yeah, he's like, no matter what it is, it's always like my fault every time. Mm-hmm. he's a perfect example of that yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah i love that so like speaking of like gary v um you know there are a lot of people out there online that like to give advice to everyone like you see this on every platform um but you know the reality is, is like people are giving advice on what they would do but a lot mm-hmm. of the times they seem to fail to realize that like they aren't you so like what are your thoughts on like people giving advice especially like mm-hmm. the older generations to the younger generations like you know kevin and i where you know the world's changing and it's not the same as it was for like you know 50 year olds like what are your thoughts on that right well you know all you can really do is tell your story through your lens right at least authentically and because i used to struggle with that like particularly starting out, you know, I start telling these stories and it's like, as a young kid looking in the mirror, I'm like, who am I to be giving advice? And the reality is, you know, these are things that I've learned that have helped me. And there are people out there that the stories will help, right? The the funny thing is about entrepreneurs, that journey, you know, contextually we face different things, but more or less there's, there's more similar than not, you know? Um, And so I think if you have something authentic to say, say it. Um, Now the difference is when people are are giving advice or teaching people how to do things that they haven't done, um, you know, I won't go down that road, but I think if you're coming from an authentic place and you're telling stories and you're, you're saying what you believe in, it's only going to make the world a better place, you know, and it won't be for everyone. You know, I, I, my grandmother gives me a hard time about this all the time. She's like, Eddie, it's always go, 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 go. You listen to your audio books on two speed. Like, when can I chill out? And I'm like, yeah, it's a great point. Like this is, this is for a specific type of person. And like, we were just chatting about a few minutes ago, 
not everyone's got the same engine or same desires, visions, goals, all that stuff. So if it's for you and it helps, hell yeah, that makes me incredibly happy. If it's not, move along. You know, it's all good. That is so funny. I also listen to my audiobooks at two times speed and my YouTube videos at two times speed. Yeah. So did you, did it take you a long time to get there? Or did you, I had to build up no. for like a year before I could, to, it just, you were quick with it. Actually I did like 1.5 and then two times speed. Like it just kind of clicks. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. So like, and then you uh, get a fast, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess your YouTube channel, right? So your, the main motivation was, you know, so it was an outlet for you to, um, it was a, it was a creative it was a creative outlet for you to you know share your message with others. Um, so, like my question is, um, like, um, like how did that all start? The YouTube channel itself, or yeah, yeah. Um, I I think the first video I made. So the first video I made was called "Ode to Excellence," and the story behind that was it was like as you can imagine, I went from you know, being in the financial service industry, having a, a steady paycheck to just not. So, mm-hmm. so after, uh, you know, six months, it started, you know, you start to feel a pressure that I'd never really felt before. Like I said, I've, I've played it safe my whole life. Um, and so I'm like, I wrote a promise to myself to, you know, let myself, as I mentioned a few seconds ago, put my back against the wall. It's like, let yourself be vulnerable and just see what happens. And I'm writing this out. And then I thought, you know, it'd be fun to make a video that was like short, almost like a trailer, like Apple commercial-esque. Like I just wanted to kind of take all those creative juices and put it out there. Um, and the feedback I got to that was, for that was amazing. It was incredible. Here I am, some kid in my room, um, you know, writing these things and I'm getting letters to speak at keynotes and I've never done any of this in my life. And it, so it re- <laughs> like, you know, it, it fast tracked a lot of that stuff, some for better or some for worse. But that was when I was like, you know, there's you, your passion, your talent and in, in what adds value to the world seems to culminate right there in that spot. And so there's something there. Do you, so feel, your- the, do you feel like the general trajectory of your YouTube videos reflect um, what stage of life you're at? Or like, like what you were experiencing yeah. at life at the time? For sure. It's like it's like an electronic journal. It really is. So what are your goals for the next like 10 years and like the rest of your life? Woo! Um, <laughs> well, I think if we're looking at, you know, analytically, um, you know, I, I have benchmarks that I want to hit on YouTube and Spotify and, and you know, those areas. I'd love to get a million subscribers um, just because it's a personal goal I set out to hit. Um, you know, maybe a... a million streams a month on spot. I mean, whatever it is. And then big picture, like I just, it's, I don't know how it'll break down, but I just want to help. Like I want to, the way I look at it and the reason I'm so passionate about building this platform is because the bigger it gets, the more entrepreneurs realize, Hey, you know, this isn't the end. This is the beginning or someone realizes, Hey, I don't have to be living like this or, you know, so I just want to keep growing it. And that's kind of what I'm going all in towards now. Okay. Yeah. What are your thoughts on sleep? <laughs> That's an essentialism, by the way. Um, okay, yeah. Someone that pulls an all-nighter has a has the same mental capacity as someone who's like I forget the exact percent, but like really drunk. Dude, that's what I tell Andrew. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, so me and Andrew have different opinions on this. Like, I don't fuck with sleep, but Andrew, like, he doesn't give a 
flying well, like, about like, it. Like, uh, so yeah. like that's that's why I have like the diet coke all the time. I I have like so much caffeine, but it's funny because like personally, it's like I try to get a lot of sleep, and with all of this like break stuff, I've been able to because like now I'm a lot more in control of my schedule than I was like at Ohio State on campus. But like it's funny because like I try to get the sleep but I don't like it because I'm just like, this is the biggest waste of time ever. I know it's essential, but I'm just like, I hate that I'm wasting like a third of my life on this stuff, you know? I know, I know, but it's so important. That's what's It crazy, is so important, right? yeah. yeah. Especially like when you work out, you gotta like, you gotta sleep, let your muscles regenerate. Yeah, yeah, naps too. I've started doing that yeah. half hour. Mm-hmm. I do do those. Um, like, if I feel like I'm not being productive, I'll just go take, like, a 20-minute nap, and then I feel way better. Like, that's what I did yesterday. I had, like, a final last night, and so, like, I took a nap at, like, 7 p.m., and then just, like, got my stuff done after that. There you go. That's a hack. That's the way to do <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah, so what are your thoughts on showing up? Showing up, meaning, like, um, like waking just- up every day, 6 a.m., grinding, sleeping, that kind of thing. Yeah. Well, I, I target in terms of like consistency, you know, yeah. like it's not, it's not the one, because sometimes we look to take leaps and it's not about that. It's taking a little step every single day. And to your point, like that is showing up, that's being there and, and understanding you don't need to solve the, the equation today, but you need to take one little step. And when that's sort of ingrained into you, yeah. um, you know, it, cause it's, again, we're looking for the accumulation mm-hmm. over time. There's going to be days when you feel like a loser days when things don't work. Uh, but if you consistently, as you put it, show up, when you look at the aggregate, you're going to be very, very pleased with your body of work. So yeah, yeah you know, it comes down to habits and, and just being methodical and, and consistently showing up. Yeah. I think it's funny because a lot of people, they, they see all these successful people and they think there's like some quantum leap that they can take to become successful overnight. But like, that's not the thing. A lot, a lot of these, a lot of success is built over time, you know, hard work, hard work at night grinding. And, you know, it's, it's the accumulation, like you say. Right. Right. Yeah. That, um, curve of opportunity, Mm -hmm. right. Exponential. Um, but it takes, it takes time. And also too, I mean, we're in a, uh, I think this is worth noting in a time where it's like anyone can get on a camera and talk. Anyone can put themselves out there. So it's the ones who add the most value and build the most important, like, uh, valuable relationships that sustain and you don't build relationships overnight. That's something that yeah. to build a community or a brand or something um, that has an impact. It takes time. Yeah, it's stacking funny. bricks. Yeah. I think it's funny because getting, getting in front of camera and just talking, it's, it's pretty easy. Like, but a lot mm-hmm. of people, they don't do it. They're too afraid of the backlash, you know, the, the, the other people judging them online. And there's a, there's a sort of fear. Yeah. For sure, for sure. There's uh, like the way I say it is, you, you think of this is morbid, <laughs> but it's helpful. Like I think of being in a hospital, right? Mm-hmm. And and let's just say you have a week to live. There's like you know who's gonna be there, and who's gonna come in and be by the bedside. Yeah, that's yeah. not that's a very small group of people, most likely. Why the hell would you care what anyone else thinks? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. literally, their 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 opinions their criticisms, their view. I mean, they're just irrelevant. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think that's a learned thing. I mean, you just, it's reps. It's getting out there and realizing that nothing, you know, mm-hmm. par for the course. 
It's really funny because like for one of my engineering classes this year at Ohio State, we had like this one project where we just had to do like a two minute recording of ourselves, um, like talking about something we were working on. And like the other people in my team were like petrified at being on camera, <laughs> even though it was only going to go to the professors. So I'm like, almost no one's going to see this. And like, you guys are terrified. And I was just yeah. like, oh my gosh. And it's also funny because like you were talking about the hospital bed thing. Um, so like I always think of, I think this deals with like the regret thing. I think, I don't remember, there's a motivational speaker who talks about this, but like imagining that you're on your deathbed and you've got like the ghosts of who you could have been surrounding you. So, you know, you've got like mm. potentially like billionaire Eddie or like ultra famous <laughs> Eddie or like all these people are creating such yeah. impact. And it's like, you could have been any of these people had you like really gone and stride for something. But like all these people, they never try. And then like at the end, they'll see all of these people they could have been and been like, wow, I regret not going for it. Yeah, life is dim. Yeah. Like if you're not doing anything, you're dying. You know, like mm -hmm. there's like there's no one more effective at undermining, you know, your success than yourself, I feel. Mm -hmm. Couldn't agree more, man. Couldn't agree more. Biggest ally and biggest opponent, right? I would okay. love to, uh, since you said that, like I'd love to, there's got to be something out there on, you know, the type of people that are, are driven by that sort of, um, I don't want to say ambition because that almost sounds pretentious, but mm -hmm. by that like constant drive for improvement versus people that are driven by totally different things, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Be curious. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think if you, you guys find any books on it, let me know. All right. We will. Yeah. I think, I think people's like motivations are super fascinating. It's like, like we mentioned earlier, like those people that are just like ultra driven because they want to impress people. It's like what Gary V says. It's like, you're trying super hard to just like impress people that like you don't even care about. It's like, it makes no sense. Yeah. You should be Again. guessing in your own like continuous development and learning rather than mm -hmm. that stuff. Yeah. Um, Lieberman writes a good book about that. Like it's biologically. So if you look back, however many years, right? We're talking hundreds of thousands um, or maybe tens of, I don't, I don't know exactly, but exclusion from a group is death, right? If you're not, in, if you're not included, if you don't have the respect of the people around you, you can't survive on your own. It, it literally equates to death. So same neurological wiring, but totally different circumstances now. Mm -hmm. So like, I, I can understand why that's our tendency and our inclination. The reality is just wrong now. So yeah. it's, 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 you know, it's building in different processes and, and structures to circumvent that. Mm -hmm. That ties back into like the advice thing earlier with like all these older people and like the world's changing and like, we're all still wired the same way, but like, you know, the world changes and like what's good one time, like might not be good another time. Like, you know, like in the olden days, it was accepted to have slaves. And like, now that's, that's just outrageous. And so like, it's like things change. And I think people need to realize you've got to change with the times. Yeah. Yeah. Got to adjust. 100%. Yeah, so you could argue you could argue that's the most important thing about entrepreneur entrepreneurship. It's mm -hmm. it's adjusting along the way. Adaptability. Um, pivoting to what life throws at you, you know. Mm -hmm. What's the legacy you want to you want to leave? Um someone that helped people see the opportunity. You know, I I I the reason I do this is cuz I, I truly believe that life is perspective. You know, like mindset dictates the reality we have around us and I, I want to be known as someone that helped people realize that they were one step away from a path that meant something for them. Cause I feel like we really, we all are. Um, sometimes you just, you know, how many times have you heard one quote or one sentence or one thing that you're like, Oh my God. And you look at life differently and you take a different action and things go from there. Um, you know, and, and that's what I, I hope to, to give to the world.
Yeah. Did, did you have a, like an event? Um, so like personally for me, I'm like ultra passionate about like helping young programmers because I was raised in a town where there was no programming opportunity. And so like being able to teach myself like how to code and get the opportunities is something that I wanted to like help other people achieve. Like, is that like, do you think it's from your success that you've had so far? Do you think that's kind of why you want to like help all these other people? I think so. I think it's just so exciting. Like it felt like there was a whole world there that I just didn't know. Hence the your world within mm-hmm. thing, right? The uh, yeah. whole, and I just, yeah, I just have so much fun um, and get so much out of helping other people. I, I don't know why, like I haven't, I don't know what Freud would say to me, mm-hmm. <laughs> but, <laughs> but that's certainly why I love to do it. I just love uh, to help other people feel like they can do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you sound like you're really, like you're really well-spoken. Um, so how did you become such a great writer? Um, well, thank you. First of all, I appreciate that. Man. <laughs> um, I learned to write at Holy Cross uh, in it's in Worcester, Massachusetts. So basically I, in, in high school, I never really, I'd re- never really written anything. And then, you know, freshman year, I was in political science there. That was my major immediately start writing papers. I'm like, I don't really, I have no idea. Um, and so when I look at my, my four years in school, cause it's debatable now. I mean, you could learn how to take a car apart and put it back together on YouTube, right? It's going to be like, it's debatable now whether colleges and institution needs to be there moving forward. Who knows? Right. But I, I look at that for your experiences, learning how to write, um, and, and, you know, get my thoughts across in a, in a certain way. Now, the, now the interesting thing is, I write sometimes like a political science major and that, you know, that's people respond to a fifth grade uh, reading level and there's a certain way to, to read. So like it's, there's still been a transformation. It's still happening. I'm still learning a lot, but I think writing is important. I think everyone should do it and should practice it, whether it's journaling or whether it's just, you know, creative writing stories. Um, but it helps the way you think it really does. It like rewires your brain to see things differently. Um, Definitely. That's my take. That was a long answer, huh? <laughs> sort of. With all this like COVID-19 stuff, um, like for anyone who's like super afraid, like what would you suggest that they like do or try? Or like what would you say to them? Um, afraid in what way? Like of, like of, the... like, of let's say afraid of both the economic um, downturn after this and mm-hmm. the um, just the fear of the virus and all the panic that's caused. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, I'd start like big picture, you know, like there are certain things you can control and certain things you can't. And you can't control what you can't control. Like there are 30 million people right now collecting unemployment. That's, uh, you, you can't do anything about that. You can't go and reopen stores and restaurants. And, um, but what you can control is what you do with the time that you have. And um, I know that's a very simplified way of looking at things, but it almost eases the burden when you're like, here's what's in front of me. Here are the pieces. It's your job to arrange them, not get different pieces, um, but to make the most of what you have. And so, you know, I've put it a few ways. It's a great opportunity because we've all had a lot of alone time. You know, uh, we've all been at home to delve into something creative, to explore, um, to maybe try things that we wouldn't have tried with no expectations. Um, you know, and then work on things in the meantime, like that, that, are a direct correlation with what you're trying to do, what you're trying to build. Um, but again, same concept, little steps towards what you want. Um, you know what you can control. And that's the beauty of taking responsibility of waking up every day, looking in the mirror and saying like, 
today's mine and I can make it whatever I want. Um, that's, that's an empowering thing. It doesn't change whether there's COVID or no COVID. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Were most of your videos, um, the scripts, were they written in solitude or with, with other people? Uh, I, I can't write with other people. Yeah. They're, <laughs> they're almost <laughs> always in solitude. Okay, yeah. Okay. So basically <clears throat> I'll either license the music or, or compose the music myself and then just kind of play that and, and write my message on top of it. Oh, that's so that's sick. So my... you compose your own music for <laughs> your videos. I used to, I, I lease wow. it more and more now because just it takes three days to write background music. You know? mm-hmm. so, that is so, sick. Um, but, so like, what is like an average day for you look like then? Um, it depends on the day. You know, I started a daily podcast, so I always wake up and, uh, knock that out. And then I'm reading a book. Well, I shouldn't even say reading, but for one of the podcasts I do uh, called books to business, we're doing a book a week. And so I sit on the, the balcony and I, you know, capture some of that for a little bit. And then it's whatever the two or three big goals for the day is. Sometimes it's writing a speech. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, sometimes it's a client meeting, whatever it happens to be, you know, um, but chunk it down into three big objectives after the morning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Morning's quiet time, man. Morning's yeah. yeah. Morning's like you get the most work done in my opinion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. 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 Especially no like the first like three hours after. And yeah, especially if you get up early, yeah. like, uh, so I personally will usually get up at like 4am, but like, because of this COVID-19 stuff, I've done that less. So, but after finals, I have every intention of restarting that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I feel like waking up early in college is definitely a good time because like there's not that many people awake and you can get more work done. Mm-hmm. Especially with like yeah. when you have roommates and they love to distract. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, less distractions for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So like speaking of like distractions, I guess um, you know a lot of people are home with their families now. Like, how would you suggest like kind of avoiding distractions with all of that? Um, man. I- just kind of carving out space. It's funny. I lived in a, a studio apartment for almost two years and I made a point like this, this same single move, like really helped me compartmentalize what I was doing. But like, if you have an area for work and an area for leisure, even if it's like desk in one side of the room and you know, uh, couch on the, whatever it is, but kind of breaking out work and play. Um, but just finding a you know quiet time and a place to do what you're going to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? it's interesting. Yeah, I've heard that before, but like, I don't really, I don't really like, um, like, cause I work in my room, like my sleeping room, and I sleep in my like own room. Like, there's like no distinction, and I've done perfectly well myself. <laughs> That's so. awesome. See, yeah. see, for me, like, the issue I faced was that everything started to blend together because my work and my life don't separate. Like, they're one thing, and it's part of like. I don't know, the creative process, really loving what I do. And so Mm -hmm. if I'm not careful and I don't pick certain times or, you know, situations that remove me or change my scenery, things start to blur together and get monotonous really quick. So I had to be cognizant of that. Got you. Yeah. I guess we're going to wrap it up. So one last question. So we're asking this to every guest. Um, So coffee, tea, or soda, what keeps you pumping every day? Coffee. Coffee, no doubt. Coffee, oh, yeah. You know, yeah, it's funny. My, my, uh, my business partner asked me if I wanted tea this morning, and it was, <laughs> it was the first time I've been asked that in, in a long time. Uh, no, uh, coffee every morning. Gosh, yeah. yeah. How about yeah, you guys? So I drink water only. 
I Andrew drink is super unhealthy. Way too, way too much. Yeah, I drink way too go. much pop. <laughs> it's pretty bad, but like, you know, there's a large supply here. And frankly, I always like, I coffee, it takes like a little bit of time. Granted, it's probably like two minutes, but still, it's not time that I usually want to like spend making it. So I think I, at my office, um, we'll have like free coffee until I like, get it there because it's like yeah. already pre-made, but like yeah. usually it's just Diet Coke. There you go. By the way, there is, um, and I don't know the name of it, but we got a, a pot that it makes, like it's always on sort of. And so when you pour it in, it makes it in like under 90 seconds, a full oh. hot pot. Of coffee. Yeah, pretty, pretty awesome stuff. Wait, I have a question. So my mom told me the other day that coffee is healthy for you. And I did not believe that like a one bit. Is it true? Oh, dude, I have no idea. I'm, okay. <laughs> I know, I know, I know that, the, I know that the cream and stuff isn't. Fingers crossed that it is. Okay, yeah, cool. it's it's probably better than Diet Coke. <laughs> That's the, <laughs> the sad reality. But yeah. Is, yeah, less sugar. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. So any last thoughts, Eddie? Um. No, just I'm I'm grateful to uh to to be on with you guys. And so what what are what are you guys? I know you're both coders, right? So what mm-hmm. are you uh fill me in a little bit about what you guys are doing? I think it's really cool. Yeah. So I'll go first. Um. So I. I'm very big on like starting company things. I like tech stuff. So I'm running a tech company right now called Vera, uh, which is an online interviewing platform for software developers. I won't get too much into that. Um, and then we've got this podcast too. And then Kevin and I are starting a recruiting firm pretty soon also, because at the outer end of this recession, everyone's going to be hiring. And I think mm-hmm. a common problem that you run into is a lot of these recruiters have never actually worked in the field. So they have no idea if the people that are actually interviewing are very good. They just get good at the jargon of the technology. Um, So we're recruiting college students uh, on contracts who will help us um, recruit for companies. So that's kind of like what I'm doing, Kevin. Yeah, so I I mainly do iOS development. Um, I'm currently interning at a company called Duet Health where we develop iOS apps for medical companies, which is especially important right now because of all (laughs) the pandemic going on. So there's that. Also, just I also really like to, um, I like strategy games, so like chess, uh, that kind of thing. Yeah, that's about all. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Well, I'm excited. Sounds like you guys are doing some amazing things, and this podcast, of course, is uh, mm-hmm. really cool. So I'm, yeah, I'm happy to be part of. It. We should stay in touch. I love to hear about everything Definitely. going on with you guys. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So before you go, if people want to find you uh, online or follow you, like where should they? Where should they go? Um, YouTube. Uh, at your world within and then if you want to do twitter or instagram it's uh, at i am eddie